If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. Hello world. Hello world. We are back. We took a long hi- hiatus. Yeah, and this is our first uh over the phone call, is it not? Oh yeah, it, it is actually. Oh, between between us at least. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be someone else, but we're working on that. So, that's actually the goal of the maybe next month, the end of next month, we can try to get someone on. Either yeah. for one jar cynic or for watch dogs yeah well, well you guys can definitely look forward to uh having some new interesting guests coming yeah we're gonna try, try to be a lot more consistent and um yeah forgive the hiatus you know nobody likes hiatus and no but we, um we missed it it's good to be back and um yeah but people you know people should still try to you know share like comment we do need to have engagement otherwise we don't know how you know what we should be working on but um anyways let's talk about the uh topic at hand and it's about apathy and tolerance and it goes back to the um that quote and by the way i don't know who actually said this quote so apathy and tolerance are the last dying uh, the last virtues of a dying society what do you think of that quote by the way dio I okay. I want to see if I can find who said the quote really quickly. Uh, okay, Aristotle. Well, I, I, Aristotle. Oh yeah. So a lot of people misattribute things to Aristotle. So I'm gonna be a cynic. It, it could be. That, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, they want They always say that about Einstein I, or uh, you know Abraham Lincoln says, "Don't trust whatever people say on the internet." Right? Abraham Lincoln. You know, you hear that meme. It could be. Yeah. It could be a fake quote. <laughs> so. But. But I mean. It's a good quote. It's though, a good regardless. quote, regardless. So, yeah, don't uh, don't quote me on <laughs> attributing the quote to Aristotle because even reading online, I'm seeing some mixed messages. Abraham Lincoln said it. Actually. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm packing this quote. I mean, there's different. So you can you can apply this to many things. You can apply it to politics. You can apply this to society. You can apply this to technology i mean since we are talking about technology the when i hear this quote i mean usually i think of it on a political scale but it also can be attributed to um apathy and tolerance in terms of the way we're being you know we're being you know like, herded like herded like cattle our data is being used um freedom of speech is being you know there's a, a thin line between censorship and you know all these things that are going on online so that's mm-hmm. the way I see it. So that's how I could um, attribute it to, you know, technology. I see a lot of apathy. So apathy meaning people don't care about what's going on with internet privacy. Privacy in general, not just on the internet, but just privacy, civil liberties, uh, etc. You know what I mean? That's, that's the uh, apathy I see. And then I see tolerance for other things. Tolerance for, you know, things that happen, you know, big tech censorship and people a lot of people say that's not censorship you know 
it's a private company is it here and that you know what i mean there's i see those kind that's how i see that quote being attributed to tech definitely i mean i have to agree 100 percent on that and just like you said it could be tied into so many different facets of life to kind of express the dangers of that <laughs> and how it can lead to a dying society as the quote states but yeah with tech, exactly how you said it is how I see it. Um, there's so much going on, and it seems like I've had this conversation with uh, just some friends and acquaintances and just, I guess, people I meet. And if I bring up things in terms of, let's say, like we spoke about before, companies selling your data and such, it's very, it's, it's actually a little shocking sometimes to hear their opinions on it. I yeah yeah and I, I kind of get it but then I kind of uh, okay I always try to give charity to people because I understand people are busy people are working people are some people are living paycheck paycheck to paycheck so I'm like they don't have the luxury of being able to to kind of consider know. and like consider these types of things or being an important part of their life because they're just kind of yeah in that that daily struggle. <laughs> Exactly. So when you're like trying to, you know, you're thinking about putting food on the table, you know, these are the least of your problems. So I, but I do think that even if that is the case, I see it as a problem that may not, you know, affect you immediately, but it's something that affects you on a larger scale in the future. You know, you know what I mean? It's like kind of the people who are, the way I'm, I'm gonna try to give an analogy or a metaphor. I, I, like imagine. I would say it already is. Just most people don't notice because it's become so ingrained in their lives, their tech. Well, yeah, because people don't realize it just because I think it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's like people need to see it directly in their face. You know what I mean? It's like people there needs to, it needs to be such a serious issue, unifying issue for everybody that something that is so kind of you know eye opening that then they'll consider it. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. kind of how people work. I, but even I mean that moment I felt that moment was with Edward Snowden when he told the world that the u.s was fine not just on americans but you know they were you know exporting technologies that are being used by different surveillance states in the world i thought that would kind of be it oh absolutely and there i mean thankfully there was some pushback within the government against that it's unfortunately i mean we do uh elect these people as representatives, but sometimes I feel like, hey, most of the time they fall short of what your expectations of these people are. But it's it's nice to see that there are people inside fighting against these sort of things to kind of bring to light what Edward Snowden was trying to shine light on in terms of the Patriot Act and everything that uh, came out from that. But... um as far maybe as maybe we're just being too cynical, man. Man, maybe we're being too cynical. I mean, that is the you know the name we have. Well, that's like a direct. Are... Oh, that was like uh, government agencies who were just given power to pretty much do whatever they want as they see fit with people's data and their information and spying on whomever. They, they can some... make an excuse for yeah any situation, pretty much. <laughs> And also the fact, okay, bringing it back to, you know, back to speed on what's going on right now with that, then we have essentially a Patriot Act number two. So anybody who is seen as an ideological extreme, and it's mostly on the right, we, we have to admit it. We can't be dishonest and say that 
it's mostly on on the left or it's uh, affecting everyone. It, it because of January sixth, it is affecting more people on the right. I'm not saying that's like a good or a bad thing. It just what it is. Oh yeah, because it's it's targeting that pretty much directly and, tr- and anything connected to it, which would be the right. That was kind of like the the big excuse to go after this. Yeah, I don't think it's about necessarily um, about um, helping people. I think it's just expanding governmental powers. I, I agree. I agree. And, it, uh, and Tul- Tulsi Gabbard even admitted this too. And Tulsi Gabbard, you know, she was she she was um, running as a Democrat, right? Yeah, I yeah, she, I think she's independent now. I can't really. Uh, I can't recall if she left the party or if she still is a Democrat or if she just switched to independent. I mean, this is an issue that that has to be spoken in like a single video, but I'm just teasing it because, I mean, that's something that is kind of being the new Patriot Act number two. And it's being used against the left now as well, you know? Uh, Anything that that seems like extremist or or whatnot, you know, they will look into it. That's that's inevitable. Vigorously very vigorously you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so but um let's go back to the apathy and the the tolerance first of all do you think that that i just gave up that quote just because i was thinking about it but do you think there's a lot of that still or do you think it's getting better what is your opinion on that i think people are just too desensitized to a lot of these issues um, to give just a couple examples of people I've spoken with, I've had people, uh, one small example is like, um, for any social media, like targeted advertisements, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people get freaked out about that. <laughs> like, oh, I was just saying this and all of a sudden I got an ad about it. <laughs> it's like one of the more like obvious things of what's going on as far as kind of infringing on your personal data and almost your <laughs> conversations, private conversations and things like that could be private messages as well, which on the front end, I think that just generally scares a lot of people. I don't really know what people do with that. Most people seem to just like mention in a joking way. <laughs> and then that's try- the tolerance. Part, yeah, that's right? the that's tolerance part. Like, like, like they know about it, but they just don't care. And then there's like another group where like they absolutely do not know and do not care. And there's a, there's another group that does know and they don't care. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, on the other end, I've talked to people. That's not even on the other end. That's sort of, I think, sort of in the middle. That's a middle range. And then the other middle range, I think a mutual acquaintance we spoke with, is more like, oh, I, I see that going on. And actually, I appreciate <laughs> the targeted ads because it helps me find things that I might be interested in. The only thing I would like beyond that is for myself to get paid <laughs> for <laughs> for you using my data to help advertise to me, which is a, a fair assessment. That would be on the slightly on the other side of the issue. And you also get people, I don't care at all. <laughs> I've talked to a couple people about that. It's like, oh, what are they going to do? What does that mean? Like, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to find from me? And I think that's just a limited perspective on the issue because, I mean, you are just an individual, but as a collective, collecting all this data from 
millions, if not billions of people. I mean, data is like the new, it's like, uh, what do they call it? It's a phrase. but it's it's Digital like, gold. Digital gold, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you giving away this all for free, I mean, sure you could be okay with that, but what these companies and institutions are using this data to do outside of just selling you stuff is what you should be concerned about. Because if you believe it, think, it's just limited yeah. to trying to sell you products, which, I mean, a lot of things are based off of money, but a lot of it's also based off of power and control, manipulation, different types of propaganda, things like that. And that's what should be concerning to people, I believe. And um, we talked about that a bit on our privacy episode, that it, privacy is not just it's not a luxury. It's actually a right, because if you need to have privacy, because if you live in a totalitarian government, they would they need the only way for them to infringe upon your um, your rights, your civil liberties. They need to infringe on your privacy first to know what you what you think, who you're talking to, what organizations you're you're a part of. Um, things of that nature. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like step number one is privacy. I think people don't really understand that because they think privacy is just, oh, it's just, I don't have any, you know, I don't have anything to hide. It's not that important, right? Who, they're just going to know who I'm talking to, but they're not seeing it on a bigger scale. And I think when, when it goes, when we look back at our episode when we talked about privacy, there was that one moment where we spoke about somebody who was talking to one of their co-workers and he was just making a joke about about a bomb he said something about oh yeah this is gonna be the bomb you know and he was like oh, some, yeah. at a sporting event yeah <laughs> and then 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 the then the um the police went to his door and said you know this seems like something very suspicious right so i guess that is when you have these kind of moments i think that's when people that's the only way for people to start caring on a personal level but at the same time, you know, we can't have that happening all the time. But that's that's the way I see it. It feels like at some point people just need to have something extremely dramatic for them to kind of care. But maybe, again, I'm just being a little cynical. And it should be it should be bipartisan. Because at the end, it's like it's easy to be manipulated into, OK, we're going to target a specific group <laughs> and people are well, more you know likely to, if it's if it's positioned as the opposition yeah exactly people, people are like more willing to accept it and go along with it without considering what exactly it is what exactly they're doing and how that can yeah, be it's used very petty negative yeah it, it's really petty it's very petty it just, and again, of course like, like that, tribalism that, yeah. and Wanting to oh, see, go ahead. wanting to see your opposition just be destroyed. That's what it seems like these days. It's like, as long as they're like losing, I don't care what happens to me, sort of thing. They get almost a a joy or excitement out of seeing your opposition fail. Not considered. and there's a lot of to- and and that's why I think a lot of people are tolerant about it because I think because be- it's become a partisan issue for no reason when it's not. It's a bipartisan issue. You can have a lot of people, and it does seem like a right-wing talking point because a lot of people on the right are talking about it, but a lot, some people on the left are too. People like, uh, you know, Secular Talk, people like Jimmy Dore, people like, um, like, um, Tulsi Gabbard or Gabbard. 
there's different people talking about it, and I think that it's in whoever it's in the pe- the the person who is censoring or profiting off data or any of this stuff to make it a par- a partisan thing because you know you have people just at, at each other's throats, just like that person online where it's like, well, this you know this censorship only affects people who are who are you know racist people on the right, so I, I it doesn't matter doesn't it's not a problem you know. Oh, yeah, and that's so far from the truth. <laughs> even though that isn't true. We know that it's been affecting people on left. We know it's been affecting, you know, even smaller pages. And in, in favor, and then you're, they're manipulating, you know, again, I'll give an example of Twitter. They're using, they're just being ex- ex- extremely inconsistent with their own terms of services. So when it's a big corporate, you know, big corporate um, page or big or a Twitter verified user that's, you know, that has the right mindset, you know, is in the right political party. Let's be honest, because Twitter is left-leaning for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, and um, when they do something that's against the terms of service, you know, they're just kind of bad. They won't bat an eye. But let's say it's a smaller creator, even if it is on, on the left, right? Or maybe they're they're saying something that is contradictory to what is the status quo on Twitter. Then they'll just, yeah, they'll just um, nuke them, nuke them off the platform. And yeah. then people, you know, again, there's that argument what well, a private company can do whatever they want. And I, you know, I sent that, sent that meme saying it essentially, you know, oh, okay, sweetie, um, it's fine. It, it, it doesn't matter if a, a multi-billion dollar conglomerate controls the vast amount of online communication. Just, just don't use it, sweetie. That's the kind of the argumentation I see when somebody says that. Yeah. That meme. <laughs> exactly. Just don't use it, sweetie. <laughs> and but um, I think, and again, that was the argument we were having on with that one person, and I, you know, I, it became like a real argument, which I, you know, it's not a good track record, but you know, I'm a human being. But it just people who are saying, you know, oh, you know, you're think you're thinking extremely uh, too much in binaries and, and dichotomously, and you're not seeing the bigger picture. When somebody says that kind of thing, that's pretty much binary, you know. Yeah, I think they're not seeing the bigger, bigger picture <laughs> there, which is very ironic. But um, going, I was gonna, I had another thing I was going to talk about, but I oh now I just remembered that there is addressing the issue, but also the what is the solution to these issues of apathy and tolerance? That's the other part of this um, conversation that we can discuss. Okay, and really quickly, just to add on to your last point. I think the issue with a lot of these tech companies, social media companies, within their terms of service is they leave them like almost strategically vague, and then they, oh yeah, s- selectively enforce it. So it's like <laughs> it's almost so vague that you can you have so much wiggle room of what could be uh, going against the terms of service that they can ignore it in some areas. And then when it pops up on a point that they don't agree with, they can kind of pretty much use the full force of the terms of service against that individual or group. So it's kind of, I think, a dirty trick that a lot of these companies use, which is where it comes in like it is, there is a bias and there's, um, it's definitely unfair towards certain people with, uh, there's different points of view, different opinions on 
certain subjects that come up that are controversial. Uh, but yeah, to move on to uh, the solutions for this, uh, what ideas did you have? Well, I was kind of looking at a Quora post on this because, you know, I'm on Quora and we, I like to read other people's opinions. Um, I think that there needs to be more engagement. I think people need to be engaged, more active. I think anything that is made very passive will, you know, procure passive results. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have, act, you know, kind of active in it, you are more likely to have an a- active solution. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that fine. But then the problem is also, you know, we don't we don't know what people are doing in their lives, how much time they have. But I guess maybe it's just I guess one of the issues, one of the best ways to do it is that people are just exposed to these discussions, discussions to begin with. And I think I'm going to go back to like the big media, big media, you know, is the contrary what the original the original intent of the media was, you know, and Douglas Cater, I think, talked about it. I think one of our episodes, we discussed him. He was saying that originally the media used to be a bipartisan watchdog that would explain people, you know, would, um, would not, it would essentially tell people what's going on with their civil liberties and how it's being infringed upon. Like that was the focus. Like how is it directly affecting you and, and the way you live your life and these, you know, these fundamental constitutional amendments. So if there were, I think if the media, you know, covered it, obviously that's like, I guess, the, one of the easiest ways. It's It's got to be both sides of the media, which is kind of, <laughs> it could get there. It could surprise me. I think but... on YouTube, for example, like on The Hill, The Hill, they talk a lot about censorship. The Hill is, uh, uh, as far as I understand... They they've got. I mean, who's the hill with again? If you can, well, is when it, I'm talking about the two... hill, I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about Carl, Carl, um, Crystal Ball, and um, Cigar. I think. Yeah. Cigar? So. I can't... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. That, I'm thinking of the right two people. Yeah, they're. It's a, I guess a team. <laughs> they're ones on the yeah, left, I... ones on the right. So, it's understandable that they do, do, do discuss that issue because it's a, it's an important. It is an important issue, issue on both sides, but yeah, like. You mentioned previously, it's something that the right has been speaking up about a lot more than the left. Understandably, and I think so that both people need to speak about it and have their opinions. Because if you do make it one person, you know, I wouldn't say complaining about, but because it's not really complaining, it's really just telling it how it is. In my opinion, um, then people will make it a partisan issue. Like you didn't have two people with different ideas, and to be. And able to speak about it, that's why the bipartisan thing comes in. But, you know, you can only do so much, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes things are, sometimes some issues are not bipartisan, right? Some things are right or left, I, I do believe, and depend, depends on the situation, or at least lean towards one one end more. Yes. It depends. So. Definitely. Anyways. And, and I would oh, say, yeah, yeah. O- outside yeah. of that, there are just practical solutions things you can do and like my understanding is at least from my experiences with people on both the left and right is like not many of them are like big supporters of big tech (laughs) on either side they're not like in love with these companies so much normally like they don't love google (laughs) 
They don't really love Amazon. They don't like, they're not in love with these companies usually. Would you agree? Yeah, I don't think most people are on agreement, especially like, for example, um, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're, we're recording on, on May 27th. So this is important because recently Mark Zuckerberg was under fire because he was talking, people were, you know, exposing that they were essentially, how do I say, filtering out certain opinions on the coronavirus. Oh, or, or, uh, vaccine or, hesitancy. On, or not even just that, but just theories. I'm just just the the lab oh, leak. and the of oh that as well. Yeah, on the origins of and the virus. Fa- and uh, Fauci is admitting that yes, um, he is leaning towards. He, well, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he said that it's not out of the question to say that maybe it was a, a lab leak. Yeah, well, he's. I mean, Fauci's. There's been a lot of stories related to this, but yeah, Fauci's flip flopped a bit. But yeah, most recently he said. I, yeah, it's not out of the question that it could have come from a lab. As, of course, the, I guess, not even really exposing, because it was something that was talked about yeah, last exactly. year, early last year, like actually somewhere in the middle of last year. Sorry. I guess, uh, the, about, I guess the pause. Uh, go ahead. Actually, let me, let me just, yeah, now I remember what the whole point of this was. I, I wouldn't say it's exposing, but I'm just, uh, it is, you know, it's exposing the fact that. I mean, it, yeah, it is exposing. So the fact that, you know, Facebook is kind of being the arbiter of truth and saying what is this information, what is misinformation, that is the problem, right? And he's, he's also making it a, a kind of a class issue. So these, you know, only these arbiters of truth, people who have credentials and degrees, and, and I, I'm, I am for that. I think people who have credentials and degrees are important. They are specialists. They are right but at the same time doesn't it doesn't mean that nobody without those can't have an, an opinion at all that's that's the issue i'm trying to go at absolutely that's what that's what was happening so and, and there's the lab leak, because mo- you know there's a lot of people just regular common folks who are using their common sense about the lab leak it's more than that then, it's not even just regular people there's doctors there's scientists who also voice similar opinions and mm-hmm. we're kind of shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm just talking about little people just because I think that it, it is making it seem like the people who are, you know, the common man's opinion is is kind of irrelevant. Like it's almost mm. getting towards that. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's why I kind of emphasize that. And I think that's kind of an issue if you're essentially saying that you have like a, a small elitist because they can be bought. And I think we talked about that on the um to technology enthusiasm spectrum. So oh. there's a, there are some people who talk about, you know, the biggest issue with technocracies are these people do have conflicts, conflicts of interest. These yes. specialized, yes. specialized, um, small group of people who are experts, you know, the technocrats. They, yeah, in a lot of cases, they will share the opinions of whoever funds them. <laughs> Yeah, not even just that. Maybe they're also trying to protect themselves. You know, again, it goes to it goes back to the uh, cynic idea that people and people hate this because it's true. And I think this is why people hate cynics because it is true that people are self interested. People are always looking out for number one. And from what I, my understanding now, Dr. Fauci, he may have given funding to the Wuhan lab, and this is why this is the conflict of interest. 
he doesn't want to be related to Wuhan or the Wuhan lab leak because it's going to look bad on him. Yes. I don't know if he personally gave money, but he, again, you can look into it he's if the, you don't believe me. He's the head of the organization that funded money to uh, the lab in Wuhan. That's where it comes into play. He's You're the big guy. You're the main guy. It doesn't happen unless it passes through you. So let's use logos. The cynic virtue of logos means logic. I mean, think about it. People are self-interested. Fauci has interest, right? Is it in his interest to talk about a theory that may compromise him? No. He, he I, don't think, I don't think so, right? You're right. He avoided it at all costs. Exactly. If I was him, okay, yeah, definitely I would avoid it at all costs because it's going to look bad on me. It's going to look like I was being, you know, almost like a corrupted asset at this, at this point. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was specifically, I think it got brought up uh, by Rand Paul, I believe, um, about yeah. the gain of function. That's where it kind of started. There was two, there was, I, I guess, three, a few separate issues with uh, uh, Fauci and, like, information being suppressed. One was the origins one was the funding for gain and this of was, and virus. also yeah yeah and speaking of that and it goes back to the again the arbiters of truth this is a very dangerous this is a slippery slope the fact checkers right you know quote unquote fact checkers were totally dismissing the the even the slight remote possibility of there being a lab leak and then now it's like okay well i guess you guys were wrong because you were saying that wasn't a possibility but it seems like people Fauci, who you have been agreeing with for the most part, the fact checkers, is saying that this could be a potential. Mm-hmm. And this is why this is why anybody who's the, the, the because the way knowledge works, it, it works in different dimensions. You know, it's that's the way I see it, and I think there's they're only seeing it from one dimension. And I would just say it wasn't by his own volition; it was after being pressed. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it's a bit, uh, it's a bit suspicious. And ha- having to answer tough questions, which he didn't want to answer, he was trying to avoid and kind of brush off. Finally, had to admit certain things and enough things to where it lined up. Where okay, I have to admit that oh yeah, it could have come from a lab, or oh, or at least I can't deny that it's possible it came from a lab. And if you go on the on the Washington Post, you know timeline how the wuhan lab leak theory suddenly became credible yeah i mean they're backpedaling they're showing that okay we fact checked that wrong you know <laughs> and this, this, this should be a problem for people they, people should understand that all these things that are going on right now yeah and i get okay i'm explaining that these are things but it's like again part three of this could be it, it, this is a as much as as much as it, as it is like a philo- uh, information issue, I also think it's somewhat of a philosophical issue. It's not a lack of information at the you know it's a, it's about how you analyze it. Mm-hmm. And I think that information is not a problem. And we always talk about information being you know people are overloaded with information. I don't think information is a problem. I think it's your 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 weight your how geared towards an analysis you are, if you know what I mean. Yes, and and, and the problem show it's like this is a, a year too late, if not more. <laughs> so 
so much of the damage has already been done. There's people who, if you tell this to, that it came even out of Fauci's mouth, they would still deny we were, it. We were talking about this. We were talking about this, I think, over a year ago. Almost a year, actually. Yes. We were talking about the coronavirus episode. Yes. And the, yeah. Like, did we, are we like geniuses ourselves or we were getting information, credible information, reading through it, using logic and saying, okay, why are we not questioning this right now? Why Should it just be like normal people questioning it? Shouldn't our government question it? Shouldn't our lead scientists and doctors question it as well? And it just wasn't happening. It, it yeah. was happening or we tried to make it happen, but. They got fact-checked, they got shadow-banned, suppressed, banned, etc. And so, so yeah, again, damage has been done. A lot of people wouldn't even believe... A lot of people have died, and a lot of people wouldn't believe it if you told them. Now, if you brought and that also, up, they would call it maybe racist. They would call you like a, a science denier. Yeah, yeah but that it's is like, true, that is true. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even and just coming the, from me anymore. <laughs> and then there's also the emergency powers that have been bestowed upon, and all these all these new technologies that oh, have been yes. emboldened by the coronavirus. So that yes. you know the coronavirus is also creating the other pandemic, the surveillance pandemic. Right? People could realize that you know special recognition is a way to you know curb all these people who are you know against the lockdown orders. There's a lot of things that are happening all at once. So it is unfortunate. But I do want to end this with a, a small discussion on this being kind of a philosophical issue rather than information issue, if you know what I mean. Okay. The way I see it, I think it's somewhat, it's more about, I don't want to use the term red pill because it's so cliche, but I think the better word would be um, in the initiated. It's kind of like, how do I say it? It's like that quote, I always, and I always say talk about this quote. Well, you can take a horse to, a, to the water, doesn't mean he'll drink. Right. And this is the way I see it with people who are apathetic and tolerant. Right. They are kind of the horse. Right. You're trying to to take them to the you know the fountain of, of knowledge, which is, you know, and ha have them drink from it. But they're, they're just not thirsty. And I think that's that's the initiated when you're thirsty. I guess that's kind of how I'm, I'm trying to pose it as like, I think it's some, somewhat of a philosophical issue, like being initiated, kind of kind of like wanting to know about and, and understanding why it's important and the value of your civil liberties, maybe when it's at that point, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural shift. I think when people have that mindset, kind of like when we were talking about our stories of how we became initiated, right? How we became tech cynics, you know, you, me, and um, Mac, mm -hmm. right? That's the way I see it. Do you, do you kind of agree with that or you kind of disagree? No, I uh, definitely agree with that. I'm so that yeah. I see that as like a two-part thing. I think the media has a role to play with. Even even as much as I dislike some some types of activism, but I do think there has to be somewhat. I do think people should be going out and make you know, the, for the people who do care and for like certain uh, you know laws that that are being proposed that are extremely unconstitutional. I think you do need activism. You do need some protest. Especially when it's like a draconian laws that are, oh, if we suspect, you know, kind of like the keyboard keyboard warrants, right? Oh, if you, you know, you type certain keywords that make you look like an extremist or a terrorist, and therefore we can go to your house and, you know, without a warrant, 
and investigate things of that nature. No, definitely. And I, I might even be more cynical on this subject where it's like after Facebook, <laughs> uh, all the actions they've taken over the past year, throw Google in there a lot. Like, I don't want to use <laughs> these services anymore. I'm looking for alternatives of where to sp- spend my time, spend my money. Not using, like, I, if I can avoid... I actually I don't use Google anymore. I, I don't use Facebook, but finding alternatives and putting your support in other areas of people who are kind of not. How could I say? Uh, I think I think you get the point. It was just like avoiding companies that are infringing on people's rights to privacy essentially because privacy at the end of the day like you said it's a right and it should be one that we all want to protect and also uh, the way i see it is too is like uh, you know a little thing goes a long way sometimes you know sometimes just being able to just have this you know people just exposed to this discussion because sometimes people don't know about it so there is that and i think it's a small group i think very very small where people don't know that this is going on and any of the senses, you know, I think that's a small group, but if people are just exposed to this kind of dialogue more, people have these dialogues more, people try to, I guess, repost and share these things and expose it to even more people, I think it would also help. So it's like a multifaceted way of, and I think that's something we could focus on, you know, we will find ways, you know, I think this, you know, this goal, it has a lot of, this project has a lot of potential. Because I don't think it's necessarily just about tech. Let's say that we lived in a utopia, right? Where, not a utopia, but it was better, right? We didn't have all these things going on, like these, you know, keyboard warrants, this, you know, soft core and hardcore censorship, this in, uh, infringement on our privacy and all these unconstitutional laws. Let's say that did not exist. I still think that people should talk about it, even though it's not a problem. Like, value the the philosophy of the of constitutionality. Oh, absolutely. So even if, like, let's say that all of that did not exist, what's going on right now? Even though it does, because you need you need to understand the subject in case that like things do start to happen that infringe upon it. You can see it. You see it sooner. It's like, you respond it's to it like, sooner. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, exactly. So I, d- I definitely agree on that. I mean, that's it's why like, like well, that's why civics is so important. That's why yeah, learning about exactly the Constitution civics. is so important. So you're not confused when people are like, hey, this is <laughs> infringing on your rights. Yeah, you don't see it. Do you not know <laughs> what's in the Constitution? Do you, and do you not learn civics? Too. History as well. And <laughs> if, like going going on to like gun rights. Yeah. Like, for example, and I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna push it towards that because you know this essentially this this channel is not only just about you know constitutionality, Texas and cynicism, you know technology and all that, and um, existentialism and philosophy. I think a lot, it has to do a lot with um, also even even history plays a part in this in this um, show because yeah, uh, that's why I wanted to talk about, for example. Just let's not, say let's say there was no gun gun confis- none of the there was no like draconian gun laws right 
if people still knew about the history of, you know, gun confiscations in other countries and how badly it went, right? Yeah. You know, then I think people would understand how it's an issue. And I know it's not a gun channel, but I'm just giving an example because, you know, some people are, it's a, it's a lifestyle, right? They need, you know, it's not just a, a something you have just like as a luxury or a privilege. No, it's a right. It's important for some people. They live in isolated areas. Yeah, and the, I think we talked about that. Yeah, the, the history, the history of gun confiscation does not <laughs> bode well or <laughs> show yeah, anything positive for either. for the people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not just gun confiscation, but just also, again, you have secret police who are infringing on people's privacy, kind of like in the KGB, right? During the the before the fall of the Soviet Union, people would there was a a, a, a defector. His name was, I forgot what his name was, but he's the one who got killed with ricin. He got shot with an umbrella loaded with ricin. Do you remember him? He was killed in England, I think. This is recent? Oh, this was a long time ago. This was, uh, yeah, this was a while ago. I'll look him up and then we could talk about it on, on a different episode. Okay. But the whole reason I'm, bring, I'm bringing him up is because um, in his book, that in his KGB book, An Untold Story, he was talking about how he got arrested because they found just, you know, magazines of the West, right? They didn't want him oh, to get, you yeah. know, ex- yeah. exposed to the West, right? So this is how, you know, screw, you know, don't even think just about gun rights or gun confiscations and that kind of stuff. Just think about the, even just stuff like the over-militarization of police, making them into some kind of like domestic intelligence force that is going around and trying to find these extremists. And, and if they do, they, you know, they're going to arrest them, things of that think about that as well that's a, that's a lesson from history from soviet history that was pretty recent you know it, it also reminds me i don't know if you heard about north korea like they banned mullets and like i think maybe like denim <laughs> so <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> what so, i'm trying to say is it that shouldn't, shouldn't be shouldn't possible in history. like a free society yeah. <laughs> gonna exactly, ban mullets, yeah. a haircut and also in, in iran as well i think some men i don't know if this is recent or no probably a longer time ago i don't know if they do this anymore but you know, if they if men had long hair, they thought that was too American, so they would um ban it. Ah, and just like what's going on with, right now in China, right? You know, people who wear long beards in Xinjiang are considered you know potential extremists, right? Oh, yeah. they're, maybe they're too they they're over they're zealots. They banned they banned beards in, I think the whole uh, province, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So, so that's what I'm trying to say is that. It's good to it's good to know this stuff because it's kind of an indication of something. You know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you can kind of connect the dots and see things. Not only it's it's also important. You're not only looking at what's happening in your country internally, but you also need like an outside perspective. A lot of times, I think the outside perspective is, in some cases, just as important, if not more important, for I mean, your knowledge on this subject and just like understanding what's happening in front of you what i get the whole okay this i'm gonna how we should end the episode again it goes back to history because we're gonna have this topic one of the, one of these days i mean history decides i mean the reason why history is important and there was a quote about this but i'm gonna you know butcher it like always but we we learn about history so like we can understand the past and understand the future and predict the pre and, and no no well that we we know hit we to understand the past and so we can um, look back at the past understand today 
and predict the future. Something of that nature. Yeah, that's, that's a, the way I see it. Yeah. So, and not just with yeah, and 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 not just about free speech, gun rights, but even just like the fashion, you know, it just it goes to show you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it touches on so many different areas. But um, that the way that's the that's um. But again, the the history can be talked about in a different episode. Because, again, I, this is an uh, a project. I think we want to focus on different aspects about. I guess it's kind of an anti-authoritarianism. Um, really, this is kind of an anti-authoritarianism, constitutionalism, philosophy, text, cynic, um channel or even podcast so don't expect us just to talk about you know certain issues that are very kind of you know single issues like you know a surveillance report because i was thinking of making it that way but i think it's better if we we kind of include other things that i think overlap with it a lot yeah but that's that's it that's um parabellum parabellum